Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I mean, it reminds me more of a football season than a hockey season because I can genuinely remember every game they've lost. (laughs) Just like, oh, yeah, remember that Ottawa game that they lost? Uh, that crazy game. But... Hey, what's brewing, everybody? Yeah, I got Cam's intro. Uh, this is episode 30 of season four of the Brews and Brewers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Gear. I'm here with Cam Hasbrook and Sean Rajat. It's filling in for Drew. How you doing, Sean? Hey guys, what's up? Uh, not much. Like, there's nothing going on in Bruins Land, so we're here to talk more Shrek. Uh, coming back with another Shrek episode. No, I'm obviously kidding. We're going to talk uh, Bruins trades. Uh, the Bruins shipped out some picks and a Craig Smith, a very handsome boy. Uh, for Dmitry Orlov and Garnet Hathaway. And we're going to talk about that. But you guys got any beers? I got some beers. Well, I have one beer, but I guess I have backups should should I need them. Right, you do you want to share them? Start? Yeah, I was, I was, sure. <laughs> I was gonna, I thought we might do a little back and forth, you know, a little, a little something for the people, but it's all right. <laughs> no, um, this is for the people. Mm, fair enough. Can't argue with that. I shouldn't have put a mint in right before reviewing my beer because everything's going to taste really fucked up now. But yeah, that was real. That was real silly there. I don't know why I did that. Um, I'm drinking a Two Roads Little Heaven Crushable IPA. I was walking to the grocery store trying to decide what beer to get, and I saw a can that said Crushable India Pale Ale, and I was like, "That sounds like an oxymoron. Let's give it a shot." And so, uh, so yeah, I just poured it. First of all, it definitely does not look like what you'd think of a normal IPA. It looks a lot closer to like a like a Miller Lite or something. It's very crispy, very clear. Doesn't have the usual hazy hops you'd expect from an IPA. Um, it does, for the most part, actually taste like one. That's a pretty sneaky beer right there, actually, because that tastes for sure like an IPA. Like you can taste that little thickness that you'd normally associate with haze, and yet it would pass the Drew test for sure. I can see Chris through it right now. Um, I guess actually de facto does not pass the Drew test, which has nothing to do with the beer. It's just the fact that Drew's simply not here. Drew has so, failed the Drew test. So right now, subjectively, it does not. But um, yeah, pretty good beer, actually. Drinkability, definitely higher. It is a, a little easier to go down. I'm not sure I would quite call it crushable. Definitely easier to go down than a regular IPA, though. So drinkability is going to be a couple extra points there, like a 20. And tasteability, I'm going to go with a 27. Um, again, very, very tasteable for how the beer looks. Um, but as far as IPAs go, it, it does taste kind of standard for an IPA. I don't, I don't taste any you know specific aromas or flavors really jumping out at me. Um, but once again, that also might be partially due to the mint so shouldn't have, shouldn't have done that but yeah hopefully hopefully sean can uh, follow up with something better here 
<laughs> for sure. I won't have the mint issue. Uh, so we're already off to a better start. Yeah. But I have, it's an old planters, which is a local brewery right in Beverly, like right down the street for me. Um, it's blue pies ahead, blueberry crumble ale. Which oh, sounds you're, you're kind speaking Cam's language. Yeah. <laughs> I should have <laughs> gotten that. Gross, but <laughs> it's it's not too heavy on the blueberry uh flavor, pretty light. Um right off the bat, it would pass the Drew test if it weren't in a can, but Andrew's not here, so you know, double whammy there. Um tasteability, you could definitely taste it, like I said, not too overpowering with the fruit flavor. Um, I'm gonna go 29. Pretty good taste on this one. Um, and drinkability, also pretty high. I would even put it higher than that. Maybe 31. Um, I've been crushing these. It, it's kind of dangerous because they taste really good and it's light enough where it's not a problem. Hell yeah. That's, uh, that's a good wreck. All right. Um, I am working my way still through these uh, spicy beers. Uh, today, I got the uh, Modelo Chalada Naranja oh. Picosa. <laughs> uh shockingly this might be the best of the bunch um barely noticeable spiciness um kind of tastes like maybe drinking a slightly less sugary orange soda out of a glass with a salted rim kind of kind of vibes um if that sounds appetizing to you then go for it if not fully understandable uh drinkability I would say the spiciness, like you don't taste it, but you feel it. So like you get it a little bit back of the throat, a little bit down the esophagus there. That's not super pleasant. So drinkability is going to suffer a little from that. I'm going to go nine drinkability. Um, Tasteability, extremely tasteable. Um, Got a real classic orange flavor. Uh, Yeah, I mean like. If you've ever done like a brass monkey mixed to like a beer with some orange juice, it's, it tastes like that. Uh, 33 tasteability. Real, real good on the tasteability. Uh, not sure I want to drink more than one of these, but it'll get me where I want to go for now. Um, all right. Into hockey. Oh boy. Uh, I, I feel like, so for anybody who listened to us on the Boston Balling podcast, <laughs> uh, I'm about to contradict the shit out of myself. It's going to be awesome. First of all, thank you. We, we were uh, panicking about how Don Sweeney was going to give up way too many assets for a guy that we'd never heard of. Uh, watched a few highlights of him and thought, that's a that's a guy. Um, and instead, turned around, used those same assets, maybe like 20 minutes after Washington decided they wanted to start selling uh, to get Garnet Hathaway a very capable defensive bottom six player who brings some snarl to the lineup and Dmitry Orlov, who very capable offensive defenseman who brings some snarl, snarl to the lineup, uh, can play both sides. Um, what'd you guys think of this deal, Sean? Yeah. Uh, honestly surprised because of how fast it kind of went down. As you said, it was like right after, uh, we kind of got that knowledge that, the caps were starting to sell. Usually I feel like that's not how it goes down. It's a week or so of this back and forth, but you know, I was more than surprised. And at first I think when it broke, it was just Hathaway. And I was like, okay, like that's, that's not too bad. And then you heard Orlov becoming part of that package. I was like, okay, this is, this is a good trade for them. 
I think honestly, too, with what they gave up, I mean, first of all, they they got cap space back. Like, that's unbelievable when you're trading for someone like Orlov just to be able to get cap room and, you know, potentially make a trade um, down the line as well. But I think for what these two players bring, it fits their needs very well. Uh, as you said, bring some snarl to the lineup. You get that top four defenseman that can plug in in different areas, whether it's PK. I know he's played power play before. Um, has a nice scoring touch. And then Hathaway, as people have kind of said, almost born to be a Bruin. Uh, you know, the Mainer uh, went to college in the area and all that. And obviously with the nastiness that he brings to the game, he'll be a pretty good fourth liner, could even slot up to the third. So overall, I really like the trade. You didn't give up too much uh, for these two. And also they didn't, uh, now they're out of the gaffer cough race. So even better. This guy's catching strays out here. He didn't even get traded for it. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, what, what Sean said, I, I pretty much would echo. Um, I'm pretty excited about adding Orlov, honestly. That's a guy that you can move up and down the lineup. He can eat minutes. He is pretty responsible defensively that he can he can eat some minutes. You know, you can play him with somebody like McAvoy, and I'd be pretty trustworthy in that defensive pair, which, again, allows you to kind of create more flexibility up and down the lineup. Um, he's pretty good at moving the puck. I think he played on the power play a bit for, um, for the Caps, which we'll have to bring Sammy on again soon. Um, when she's not been going to, you know, chat through kind of the larger impact there and, and what he can add. But yeah, and then obviously adding Hathaway is just cool. In the Bruins, I don't know, you can't go past the trade deadline without adding a New Englander. So uh, shouts to Kennebunkport, Maine, like 20 minutes, maybe 15 minutes from where I am right now. But um, yeah, it looks like a good ad at a pretty reasonable price. I think the whole world knew they were trying to, you know, ship Craig Smith. Um, it's pretty hard to, not that he's a, a like awful player or something, but it's hard to create value for a player when everybody knows they're on the market and to, to give away what they did and, and get back. I think a, a pretty, I don't know, you know, you, like you look at either, if, if they had made a trade for either one of these players, I would have been like, okay, you know what I mean? They had a little depth, let's get two for one. Um, and, and like Sean said, to get some space back is pretty impressive. I think I'm early, early impressed with, uh, with the move from, you know, Sweeney's perspective. Yeah. I think, I think two things once I've, had the chance to kind of digest it uh that got me a little excited um one hearing kind of that the idea is not that dimitri orlov is going to come in and replace somebody in the lineup it's more hey down the stretch we've got a bunch of guys who have been playing all season uh we want to get some guys some rest and kind of cycle through and see kind of what works and uh, that, that is to me, a, a really good mindset to have. And I mean, it can't hurt with, uh, you know, injecting another guy into the lineup and have, having those guys, you know, maybe you got Grizzlick and Clifton and Forbert kind of get a little extra jolt from like, Hey, yeah, this guy's here. Uh, kind of have to prove myself now. I feel like those aren't necessarily guys who need an extra jolt, but like I said, can't hurt. Um, and then two, I mean, Garnet Hathaway, uh, I, I kind of joked, I was being a little bit serious, but you know, as soon as the, the word came out that Washington was going to sell and that Hathaway and Orloff were being kept out, uh, I 
ran to evolving hockey to check out his player card, of course, and, um, good offensive numbers, good defensive numbers, uh, and I, even, even better defensive numbers on, on Jay Fresh's site, um, kind of gave me the Blake Coleman vibes when you're a, a team that's contending with like an already good team, just looking to add an extra piece. And like, he, he has that exact kind of skill set, somebody who's absolutely going to help you on the defensive end, give you a real physical presence in the lineup, but also the kind of guy who can score goals, um, whether it be in the, a fourth line role or in a third line role. And even though depth scoring has been there this year, you know, it can always disappear and having more guys who are able to do that, replacing a guy in the lineup who just hasn't been able to do that this year. Um, for sure, a big positive. Uh, and I mean, I, I know there, there are people worried about giving up all these picks, but as we said on the, Boston Ballin podcast, like those those picks are real important for replenishing a an already bad system. When you're giving them up for a guy like Gavrikov, who is a rental and who knows if he's good. Um, in this case, you got two players who have proven that they're good and they've done it in the playoffs. They're the types of players who give teams fits in the playoffs and. That's why I don't mind giving up a bunch of picks. And also, you didn't give up any prospects. Cheers. Cheers all around to that one. I hope it goes as well as I'm hoping it'll go. I wasn't expecting to be this excited about a depth like trade, but I think I really do think this is like a, a two for one hit for them. And any of the pieces that they have been rumored to potentially be giving up or something like that, you know what I mean? Where I'd be like, ah, I feel like they didn't really part with much. So I'm. Um, I'm happy with it. Yeah, if Clifton had been involved, uh, not that I think Connor Clifton is like the make or break piece in this lineup, but if the idea was to get deeper defensively, it makes no sense to just give up a guy who is a free agent next year uh, in order to make cap space just so you can get another guy who's a, a UFA next year. So yeah. uh, it, I'm glad that that part of the report was untrue. Um, and I know if Drew were here, he would wholeheartedly echo that sentiment because he's uh, the biggest Cliffy fan. Oh yeah. <laughs> no doubt about that. Yeah, for sure. And especially when that first report came out that it was like Clifton and Zaboral and Smith, it was like, okay, I don't mind giving those players up, but when you're trying to add more defensive depth, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. So I'm glad that ended up not being the case. But what I'm interested in now is obviously you still have players like Mike Riley, and there's new rumors about Lauco and a couple of your depth players. And now with the Cavs face, I guess the wonder is, you know, are they going to make another move after this? I've been eyeing someone like Barbashev, someone that could fill in on that third line, give a little bit of nasty, a little bit of scoring touch. But I don't know. Do you guys think they're going to be able to add another guy before the deadline? I feel like they're in a stronger place right now that I don't think they feel as pressured to make another move. I think like 
if there's a good opportunity for them, that's good. But I don't think everybody's going to be at the doorstep saying like, "Hey, this is your year. Come pay, you know, overpay us." You know what I mean? I think at this point, Sweeney can like come in with a reasonable offer and be like, "Look, we don't really need this, and you know, maybe, maybe we're overpaying you a little bit, but like, we already got what we needed. This is just kind of gravy, sort of thing." Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they made another move. I'm not expecting anything groundbreaking or anything, you know. Like I'm still not expecting Chikrin to come over or something, but. Um, I do kind of think that, I don't know. I think they'll be shopping at least. Maybe it's going to be more window shopping than it would have been otherwise, but I think they'll at least be there to, to check it out. Yeah. I don't have anybody specific on the map. I know you said Barbashev. I'm not sure how I feel about him. Um, um, haven't seen a lot of him. I know he's not known as a particularly good defensive player, um, the one guy in the Bruins lineup or the one position that I would want to maybe upgrade is four C and their internal options for that. Um, so I'm, I'm not too concerned about, so if you're adding a winger, like there are ways to juggle this lineup to upgrade that position. So I don't know, you're not necessarily knocking somebody like Felino out of the lineup. If you're, if you're adding a winger, um, and credit to Sweeney for the roster construction. And I mean, Pavel Zaka is a guy who could center a third line and Coyle could center a fourth line or the other way around. You could have Freddie center the fourth line. He looked pretty good doing that the other day. So, I, I mean, if, if they do decide to add another, another player in the bottom six, like, sure. I, I think Nosek is the, the guy who probably has been the least effective this year. Uh, on both sides of the ice, but um, I don't know. We were talking to Lancey off pod yesterday and he was just kind of saying like, I don't know. Is, is Thomas Nosek really that bad? He's fine. Like, is he, he's a, not a problem. And I agree. You're like a guy who's going to maybe play fourth line minutes. Not terribly concerned. Yeah. Agreed. He's probably fired up. You know, yeah. he's fired up. Oh, I got to pull it up one sec. <laughs> Nothing gets me fired up like when I'm in a legal state. DraftKings. <laughs> NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can give it a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. You're still allowed to sweat. You're just not required to. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Opt in and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it does not hit, you'll get your free bet back. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the code THPN. That's THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA via code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. Damn it, Ohio. See show notes for details. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that, Cam, because I also wanted to talk about how at this time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes. The uh, end of February, everybody's and, like, <laughs> you know, changes. And that's all well and good, uh, but most of the time, pretty unrealistic. And I, I know I've made some uh, made some resolutions that I haven't kept. You know, like uh, I don't know. Sometimes I I resolve to be nicer to people, and uh, it's never worked. 
Um, but I've actually found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. Uh, in the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be a part of a big change if it's something you use every day, like my Raycons. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. And, you know, I've been running a little bit. And, you know, when when you're running, uh, you you really want to keep headphones in, and uh, Raycons are perfect for that. And whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low-latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycon's got you covered. And, yep, Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands, so you don't even have to choose between products. You get one of each, a pair and a spare, still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. Um, It says if you have multiple pairs of everyday earbuds, where do you keep them? I like to keep a pair in my pocket, and then I like to keep a pair, you know, like in my car, and then I like to keep a pair at work. I was concerned during that pause. Then I like to keep a pair, like, under the mattress, like anywhere where I'm going to be, I like to keep a pair of Raycons. Um, you know, you know how Raycons always sends us Raycons, so we got to keep keep doing that. Not a, and uh, pairing a spare for each. <laughs> uh, hair. And e- even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options. Every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. They got three customizable customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, noise isolation, awareness mode. You got to have awareness mode because you know, what are you doing if you you're just can't afford to be walking unaware. around unaware? Yeah. Um, Everybody knows the awareness satin shell is the one you really got to seek out. So uh, that's that's how you end up getting those uh, those like diving yeah. tripping penalties. Just <laughs> uh, too aware. <laughs> Custom gel tips for the perfect, most comfortable in-ear fit. Crystal clear call quality. That's a, that's a little bit of a tongue twister, especially when you've been drinking uh, Naranja Picosa. Water and sweat resistant. Also beer resistant. Um, Presumably. I, just, I haven't tested it. Uh, eight every day for everyday earbuds or 11 for everyday speakers. Uh, hours of playtime. Ready to buy something small with a big impact. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN. Score 15% off buyraycon.com slash THPN. Wow. All right. And we're I back. Can just hear the money just <laughs> flowing into Raycon's laps, <laughs> the collective laps, which is all, just in between all the extra earbuds that they're holding. Just uh, a lot. Just the perfect ad reads right there. Um, so glad we could do that. Thanks to Drew for not being here. <laughs> um, what else we got to talk about? Last night, um, probably two nights ago after we released this, uh, Weird Bruins win. Either of you guys stay up to watch this game? Yeah, I did. Yes. Yeah. All right. We don't have to use the uh, I do not watch the hockey games, Isabel drop. Um, yeah, six to five win. Uh, it kind of seemed like whenever one team scored, the other team immediately followed up with a goal. Very frustrating. Um, <laughs> not only did it not, it, it seemed like that. It, that's actually exactly what happened, like a lot. Like it's a borderline concerning amount for both sides. Yeah, yeah. not a lot of not a lot of good defense being played. Uh, some bad turnovers. Uh, 
Um, David Pasternak absolutely buried Adam Larson underneath the stadium. Um, just some, just some wild stuff. Uh, Jake DeBrusque scoring with what a minute 25 left to, there was a minute 38, I think mm. to, uh, take the lead. Brandon Carlo scoring the game tying goal with like Brandon two minutes Carlo, left. Baby. Yeah. What a guy. Uh, incredible stuff. Um, any, any thoughts from that game, Sean? Yeah, you know, I mean, the kind of seesaw back and forth, at least it kept us awake. That, that was a rough start time, obviously. But, um, yeah, I mean, defense was optional. And the thing was, neither of the goalies played particularly bad either. Like, I thought both goalies played pretty well. There was oh, one draw on Swayman that, like, maybe you want to have back. I think it was the second one um, that went under his glove. But even then, you know, both goalies playing pretty well. Defense just didn't care. And I think that was pretty um, aware early on in the game. You you saw just how many goals were being scored. And it was like, you know, there wasn't less than like two minutes between lead changes. It was crazy. Um, and even at the end with the Carlo goal, definitely did not have a Bren Carlo tipping shot from, you know, 10 feet out on my bingo card for last night's game. That was... That was fun to watch. Um, but yeah, kind of concerning just overall for both teams. Like, why are we giving up so many leads and goals and turnovers? But I don't know, chalk it up to a late game and move yeah. on. Bruins got the win. So that's actually, I'm willing to chalk that up to just like, you know, I think that actually might have been a case of like, I know obviously they were on the West Coast, so it was 7 p.m. there. But for, for the East Coast Bruins, it might as well have been 10 p.m. So I think a lot of people were just kind of on beer league time. Where it's like, ah, oh, you know, it's just like defense is optional. This is beer league. Like, we're just going to skate hard forward and, you know, we'll float back maybe. And uh, there was a lot of that just back and forth. But, um, I no, it was a fun game to watch, though. I mean, I, I am somebody who can appreciate and regularly does appreciate good defense. But once in a while, it's, it's you know, it's fun to see teams just, like, blow the bar and doors off each other. So um, I felt a little bad for Sway because he, he get kind of hung out to dry, like Sean said. But – he got the dub still. So if you're finishing the night with a goalie hug, how bad, you know, really was it? Yeah. And that's generally the kind of game that Seattle plays. I mean, not, not the exact six, five <laughs> every night, always scoring and giving <laughs> up goals like, one after six, another. Good. Five. They're <laughs> a team that's won a lot of games and, their goalies both have sub 900 save percentages. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of what they do, um, which is really funny because it's the exact opposite of what kind of team I thought they would be based on the kind of players that they drafted. They drafted a lot of defensemen. Um, they signed two big defense only defensemen and Adam Larson and Jamie Alexiak. And I thought Philip Grubauer was going to be a good goalie for them. Um, so I don't know, like, I, I kind of thought they were going to be a defense only team and really just try and grind out some wins, but they've been a lot more fun than that. Uh, and I'm, I'm willing to chalk it up as just like the Bruins being a little sleepy and distracted. Uh, you know, I, they're, they're humans too. Like, I feel like they get distracted by things like trade deadline stuff going on. And even if they won't admit it, I think, you know, maybe losing a little bit of focus because of that would result in something like this but hey i'm it's a, still a win and 
a win when you have scheduled losses is basically like getting two wins. Yeah. You're flying across the country to play hockey and one of you might immediately turn and fly home or something. And it's a, it's a lot going on there. So yeah, like Chris said, that's a, kind of one of those ones that like, if they lost that game, I'm like, ah, whatever. Like, you know, you don't expect to win those. So the fact that they, even without playing their best game defensively, obviously still came away with a win. Can't be upset about that. No, no, for sure. And on top of it too, we know at least this year how good Seattle has been. Um, yeah. They're they're a scary team. When they get going, they can score at will. Um, obviously, defensively, goaltending wise, there were less of a challenge there. But um, I went to the last game that these two teams played, and it was a three nothing shutout. So, you know, definitely uh, have seen what Seattle can do. You know, they they can really clamp down when need be. So they're definitely a team to watch coming out of the West. And kind of as you both said, expect a loss in this one, especially with all the goals that were being scored. I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is a scheduled loss that they're going to have here. Yeah, I, I went back and I looked at the schedule like maybe a week ago thinking, I don't know, can the Bruins actually win enough games to break the NHL record games and points? Um and I just I looked through the schedule and I didn't see anything too intimidating, but they did have a couple of these like, oh, they got to travel and play a 10 p.m. Eastern game in Seattle. Then they got to play uh, the Lightning and the Hurricanes back to back. And so there there are a couple of things that looked like okay, they might lose a couple of games here and there, but usually when I'm looking at the schedule and I'm like, all right, well, they're playing this like medium team that could be a that could be a loss like the this year is different for me because I, I don't expect them to lose to any bad teams so i don't know, they play columbus a couple of times i am willing to bet my 401k on winning those games and <laughs> it's it, it feels different this year and i mean those aren't the types of teams they're going to be playing in the playoffs but feel pretty confident, especially with the new additions coming in, that they're going to take care of business going down the stretch. Yeah, agreed. Uh, that's what I was kind of talking about, I think, last week or two weeks ago. Is like I'm starting to get to the point where I'm not worried about them hitting a big slump. Like Eventually, it felt like at the beginning of the season, like, All right, they're going to have to fall back to earth, and you felt like it was going to happen where they just would like you know lose five or six in a row, and then you'd like teams would start to kind of catch on to what they were doing or whatever. I'm not worried about that happening right now. I think if they lose three games in a row all this season, I'll be shocked. So, um, yeah, nice and overconfident here because that's, that's always what you're looking for here in a game yeah, that's we'll, supposed to be decided by fucking ridiculous bounces. We'll, we'll have Drew clip this when the, the Bruins yeah. lose in the first round. Well, to, like, Columbus is going to surge somehow. It's not even know it's mathematically possible. Chris and I are going to eat our words. Watch out for Detroit. Yeah. No, exactly. honestly, even after the, um, like, around the All-Star break, and they, you know, they lost a few games here and there, and everyone was kind of freaking out like the sky was falling. And you kind of look back at that, like that wasn't that bad. They really barely lost a couple. Obviously, that Florida game was pretty bad in the Carolina game, but they haven't gone on that losing streak yet. And we're so late in the season at this point. We're we're getting towards them maybe resting players a little bit, especially with the depth that they're gaining. Um so I'm less and less worried about that. They've they've got it pretty locked down here. 
Um, as for the record, though, or like setting NHL records, I I think it's going to come down to, you know, how much they rest guys towards the end of the season where there's like, OK, we really don't care. We're just trying to get into the playoffs. Yeah, and I, I know Brad Marchand specifically said, like, those are things that they genuinely don't even think about. And I wouldn't expect anybody to say anything other than that. I would have loved to have heard someone say, like, oh, yeah, I mean, like, we're trying to win every game. So, like, it would be really cool if we did that. But, you know, obviously anyone, even the interesting players in the NHL are still going to say, well, we're not focused on records. We're just trying to win one game at a time, you know. Um, But as fans, I mean, this has been – some of the most fun I've had watching the Bruins play hockey. And uh, I mean, it reminds me more of a football season than a hockey season. Cause I can genuinely remember every game they've lost. <laughs> Just like, Oh yeah. I remember that Ottawa game that they lost uh, that crazy game. But um, th- there was that weird period of time where they hadn't won in Canada yet. Um, but <laughs> It's like the, the Canadian curse is going to take them down. <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, they haven't won between time zones. And then the same, they're just going to go down this rabbit hole now. But, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm not quite in the, like, coast of the playoffs mode yet because, obviously, there's, there's a lot to play for. But, um, you know, at this point, obviously, that's where the focus is. Like, you got to – I don't know. I, I, I'm a big proponent of, like, obviously, this is the year. Look what they're doing. But – also, if they don't do it, like we said, this is a pretty dumb sport. That's I love it. I love it. It's the best sport, but it's it's often decided by dumb things. And um, from a personal enjoyment perspective, I think we got to find a way to appreciate it, even if it doesn't end up in in Stanley Cup glory, baby. But it's you know, it's going yeah. To and I'm, I mean, the the last team to coast to the playoffs was the Lightning, who got yeah. swept by Columbus by the Blue Jackets, exactly. And, so. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm, we've talked about this in years past. The, the most important thing is you want to hit the playoffs running. You want to make sure you're firing on all cylinders when the last game of the regular season ends. Um, and I feel like it can be a lot harder to do that if you just kind of put it in cruise control mm-hmm. and then suddenly have to hit the gas. Um, so yeah, I mean, if these guys are still trying to win games at the end of the season, regardless of a record or not, like it'll still be fun to watch the chase and whatnot. But I'm, I'm hoping if they're trying to rest guys, it's by rotating the new guys in and keeping everybody fresh. Um, and I think that's a good way to prepare for injuries in the playoffs. Cause usually it happens, but yeah, that's all I can hope for is the, that's what that's the mindset going forward, not the hey, let's rest a bunch of guys and make sure everyone's skating at half speed so that you're fresh for the playoffs. But I'm not in the room. <laughs> well, and kind of as you mentioned too, like history has shown the teams that tend to coast into playoffs typically don't do too well. It's really who's hot and who's not. Um, I mean, you look at the Blues obviously in 2019 that team you just mentioned the tampa team getting swept when they you know really weren't care- didn't care at the end of the season um and i even think back to last year's playoffs with the panthers uh how red hot that team was most of the year and then towards the very end 
there were some question marks there and they get in the playoffs and barely beat a Caps team that they really should have handled in four or five games. So, and obviously you saw what happened against Tampa there. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's just about keeping that momentum, I guess, going forward. But at the same time, um, being cognizant of, you know, you don't have to play Patrice 20, 25 minutes a night if you don't have to. Um, and just keeping guys fresh while also not taking nights off. Yeah. And we've seen Montgomery do that as well. There have been a couple of games where a few guys on the team, you look at the time on ice at the end of the game and you're like, oh, Brad Marchand played 12 minutes. That's weird. <laughs> Bruins win 4-1. <laughs> <laughs> uh, must be nice. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, good. They're spreading it out, you know, depth up and down the lineup. We've been asking for it for years. So. And and that's that's a great way to keep guys fresh because it's not like they're out there dogging it for twelve minutes. They're yeah. s- still out there playing hard, but it's like an extra eight minutes that they don't have to be out there. Yeah, takes toll. Yeah. Keeps you healthy too. And you know what else keeps you healthy? Uh, a good Miller Light. <laughs> Miller Light. Drink Miller Light. He's uh. <laughs> <laughs> the statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Or by Miller Lite. <laughs> <laughs> a fine Pilsner beer. Love that. All right. Uh, you guys got anything else to... Go bees! Go bees. Go bees, baby. Sick. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye.